0: Welcome to the On Relating Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ginn. And in today's episode, I interview Marga Laub. She is an astrologer, Vedic astrologer. And I honestly had some misgivings because I'm not not—I'm not a, a much of a devotee. Much, I don't hold that much interest or belief, quote unquote, in astrology. But I respect Marga so much that i felt it would be really valuable to uh to have a discussion with her to tease out which i hope i think we do in this interview the the value the true value of astrology as an art uh not not worrying or kind of dispelling the the notion that it is just a, a bunch of mumbo jumbo and actually getting into it as a as a language for understanding the human condition, as a means of deepening into uh, the complexity and beauty of what it means to be a human in this, in this cosmos. So without further ado, Marga Lau. Welcome, Marga Lau.
1: Thank
0: you, <laughs> Uh, So uh, let's just jump right in because uh, I've been uh, playing out this conversation with you in my mind sometimes and being like, so I've got, I've got, I've got several ones that I feel like are are pretty juicy questions for me coming from like what I feel like, uh, like I think I said, mentioned to you in my like texts uh, coming from the, 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 the part of me, I mean a strong part that's like, that's never quite like felt like he's got a, like a, a hold on astrology, not only that has a bit of like skepticism mm. or uh, just uh, wondering about like, how would, how do we really integrate that in such a secular society? Not only a, what I wrote down too was considering like, yeah, all the people that are, are either very uh, committed to a sort of a rationalist perspective mm-hmm uh or a, a scientific one in order to actually build like consensus reality and then those that are more actually just really into their maybe their particular uh religious beliefs that that wouldn't include astrology as well not that you have to appeal to everybody but it's just i guess my mind is going these days towards like what what can we what kind of uh philosophies or even just um uh intellectual like frameworks can we use to build like consensus or like more of a consensus around like the reality we're living in you know so that's a bit of an intro into how could astrology help us do that
1: that's a fabulous intro because I do think there is something that's been going on for thousands of years with astrology around building a consensus reality that only somewhere in the 1600s, maybe age of enlightenment started to get torn down. um, When astronomy was separated from astrology, you know, for, for many centuries, there'd been meaning making, that would happen with the heavens. Like, oh, we notice when the moon's in that part of the sky, humans on earth tend to act this certain way, you know, and it's taken just bazillions of astrologers over the centuries to agree on these things and observe them, you know, these kind of cultural aspects of what what is astronomically happening and what that means on earth, you know, so that meaning making kind of got divorced from the science of a, of astronomy sometime, you know, so, and I really do need to kind of get my facts straight, but I do think it's like around the enlightenment when that happened, like sometime beginning of like when Galileo, you know, uh, in the 1600s somewhere. Um, but to me, astrology is an earth-based practice. Uh, you know, it's a, it's, It is specific to all humans on Earth. We all see the stars. We all see the moon. It's not, uh, you know, each, there are different cultures or religions that have formed their own meanings around what astrology should be telling us. But all humans all over the world have done this since time immemorial. You know, so in a way, I think it is the lens through which we ought to be uh, forming a consensus reality. It is the observational thing that allows us to understand our place in the cosmos.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I as you say that, I think of how I, I don't, I don't practice that, you know, or I and I feel how okay. I won't even I won't go there as much as like go. I I, I want to actually dig into um this challenge of of subjectivity mm. of you know uh, that I mean the 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 gift you could say of, of enlightenment is at least in a crude way. I'm no, I'm no scientific or philosophical historian either. Um, but in a crude way was to say like, okay, these people are making up some crazy shit about, you know, because the human mind can do that. It can just say, oh, you've got such and such issue. You need to like have, you know, four cup of, of, you know, this broth that is, you know, like superstition and Mm -hmm. um, developing correlation um, between phenomena just because it looks like there's a correlation Mm -hmm. when, when there actually isn't, you know, this, uh, and, and so the, the, the birth, the gift of science was what to actually say, like, well, let's really do rigorous uh, experiments and observation, and and build this consensus reality based upon the best we can come up with around what we can me- what we can measure, you know. And that's that's my you know. I'm sure there's a, that certainly there's others that could better represent that ca- that kind of counter or that that not that counter as much as that that concern around when we enter into these worlds of subjectivity where we say, mm-hmm. oh now, you know, Pluto is is crossing um what?
1: Uh absolutely yeah, sen- you
0: know, uh, yeah. <laughs> then, then you're gonna then such and such is likely to happen and then people can be like, yeah, you know what? That's totally true. And then the, there's just this um this, I mean, this free flowing, not that that's wrong, but is it how we want to be spending our time? Is that how we want to be uh, uh, moving forward towards um, a a share, a, a, a closer to a shared sense of what, what's happening on the earth?
1: So I totally hear that valuation of science and i i value science as well i definitely think it was a good step in the right direction Um, but i think astrology is more of a language art uh, at least right now i don't think it is because it has been divorced from astronomy and research has been taken out of it you know, there's no funding for astrological research. We can't actually get funds from the government to look at what actually happens when Pluto crosses and if somebody's descendant, like we don't have those. So, so astrologers have been for centuries kind of operating in the dark. Um, and so, so in, because of that, it has become more of a language art, like music or story, you know, like we don't expect music to have specific effects. Mm. You know, we know that music is representational, and it it can evoke things in us. it can communicate things that language can't, you know, or that science can't. Um, but we don't we don't say, well, music is bunk because <laughs> It's like, I don't, nobody says, I don't believe in music, you know, but people say, I don't believe in astrology, which to me is like, it's not a belief. It's, it simply is. It's like, it's a storytelling form. It's a way of conveying things that are poetic, mystical, um, kind of getting at things that are interior to um, our subjectivity, our experience of life our experience of being here that science can't really get at. It's not, it's, it's less of a left brain thing Mm -hmm. right now and Mm -hmm. more of a right brain thing. I think at some point it could become um, a science again, if there were research put into it, but we don't have that, you know, we don't have the benefit of that now.
0: Yeah, that's really, I'm just, feeling my my whole mental frame kind of shift as you as you communicate that so well i just really appreciate that that it i've never thought of it right you know that it's it always has been posited in my mind like is it as something to believe in or not you know Mm -hmm. and i'm influenced by i think i heard neil degrasse tyson say just sort of just bad mouth astrology right and somebody of that stature was just like, okay, then basically I want to distance, I, I want to kind of distance myself from that woo-woo stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. But now you as someone I so respect and, uh, and, and consider as someone who's not, who's, who's doing a wonderful job of, of being in, re- you know, of being in reality of like confronting the the sheer scope of what it means to be human. Um, it really changes how I, I think about how I think about astrology
1: you know here's the thing Ryan too is that it doesn't matter if anybody believes in astrology or not it's still reflecting us it's sort of like I don't believe in the mirror like who says that you know it's sort of like it's still reflecting who we are and we can either make meaning out of it or not and it doesn't care Wow.
0: I, mean. <laughs> I do. I do. I'm just kind of considering that as, you know, like looking at the star, you know, looking at the stars or you know, uh, the, the cosmos as this, as, as a mirror, rather than something that we are trying to like really, rather than something that we are simply trying to define, like, okay, such and such star is from this is, is, is this distance from this planets and just a a sheer sort of measuring left brain sort of approach actually looking at it like from with with one one's own subjectivity so it'd be cool to ground that in like uh say like i mentioned my you know my own current moment in time um yeah
1: yeah so we were talking about Saturn because, and and I think it's a perfect jumping-off point because Saturn and Jupiter and Pluto are creating such a stir in the heavens right now. They're coming, you know, they're going to be conjunct on December twenty-first on the winter solstice, and you can see them. You know, it's it's such a beautiful sight all year long. I've been just completely blown away you know you walk outside at least in on the west coast um just around sunset and you see jupiter and saturn coming closer and closer and closer together so on the 21st on the winter solstice they're going to actually be in the sky and in the same place and pluto is hovering kind of close by which you can't see with the naked eye you have to have a telescope for that but you can see jupiter and saturn so we've made you know astrologers have made meaning out of that and we've observed kind of anecdotally because we don't have funds for research mm-hmm. um, we've observed anecdotally that it has something to do with the structures in the way that we govern ourselves socially that this is changing radically right now you know for all of us for everyone on earth um, and wherever that conjunction activates a person's own chart um, we become sort of carriers of that transformation that's happening socially in our own lives so for you jupiter and saturn and pluto are in your uh, seventh house on your what we call the descendant so i i think this is important to spend just a minute on the the birth chart is basically a map of the sky at the time that you were born the descendant is what it what, whatever was setting over the western horizon and it is what astrologers have decided that that means is our relationship to the other to a partner to uh a, you know a marriage partner a business partner but it's essentially the other. Whereas the ascendant is what was coming up over the Eastern horizon. And that represents the self, the body, the personality, the way that we walk through the world. So these two points in the chart are super, super important. The ascendant being the self, the descendant being the other. And you've got transiting Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto, where those planets are in the sky now, on your descendant. So basically, where the Western horizon was at the time of your birth. And what astrologers have decided that that means is a complete restructuring and maybe recommitment to the way that you do relationships that's fundamentally what it is about. But in your case specifically, um, you know, Saturn is coming up on a, uh, an opposition to your natal Saturn. So, um, without getting too personal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm down to go there. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: You know, this is about, um, this is about you and Eden it's also about you and every kind of true partner in your life, you know, like a, the partner that you have in your office space, the partner that you have, um, who's a coach, the partner that you have, you know, every part, every one-on-one contractual relationship is, um, is represented in your seventh house. So to have Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto all there at the same time is sort of like, a mile marker moment in your life, not just in this life of Ryan Ginn in this incarnation, but now here I'm going to go into something that does require a belief, but this is also a mile marker in the terms of Ryan's soul. Um, So whether you take that to be about reincarnation or, you know, like, Oh, this is a, all these cycles of time that are ending right now at the winter solstice for Ryan, or whether you take that to be something more about the DNA that you've inherited and all the biological kind of things that you've been gifted with by all your ancestors, like that there's some huge cycles of time ending right now in, in those kind of ancestral lineages around partnerships. There's something that you're recommitting to, which is kind of the Saturn piece. It's like the discipline, the commitment, the sheer showing up for what's going on in your marriage, in all your partnerships. Um, but Jupiter's also in there at the same time, and so is Pluto. So it's a little bit kind of. Um, it's a longer conversation than, you know, just a two minute thing, but basically the Saturn piece is about the commitment that you're recommitting. Now, I I just wanted to go over something with you because I think this could be interesting for people listening to this is that Saturn moves around the solar system in 30 year cycles. So every roughly 15 years there's an opposition and every 30 years there's a conjunction to the same spot that Saturn was in the sky at the time you were born and those represent growing up cycles they they represent cycles of us becoming self-reliant and committed to our own responsibilities and our own work in the world So a lot of people are familiar with the Saturn return, you know, which for you Mm. happened in July, 2005. So that, that Saturn return is when Saturn was conjunct your Saturn. Um, And that represented a growing up moment. It was like a, a time we, and we all go through this. We all go through a moment where Saturn returns to where it was at the time we were born. And it represents a kind of like, um, self-conducted life performance review like we're looking at ha, am i on track to fulfill my life's mission my life's goals you know and that's often a time when people switch tracks like if they're not on the right track they'll move to something else like the med student who's like i'm really a poet i can't do this you know and they they switch that often happens at the Saturn return so then Saturn is coming up to the opposition to your natal saturn this december 28th through january 5th december 28th 2020 to january 5th 2021 which is really nice it's right there also in the new year you know so it's like it's a good time for you to be kind of recommitting you know like if i were your astrologer i would say ryan this is a moment for you and eden to really decide like what's happening Mm -hmm. And to, you know, do maybe a recommitment ceremony of some Mm -hmm. kind, like during that, during the new year, you know, so that, and so that's it, like, that's a really big, it's a big moment. So it's part of a, it's part of a larger cycles of time sort of thing, which I think is important for us to, we don't have ways of really, because we've lost all of the rites of passage, you know, that we used to do as indigenous people, you know, like, Puberty and then first marriage or what, or first, you know, partnering or, or first, you know, sexual experience or first whatever, first job, first, you know. Um, but astrology does give us these rites of passage, whether we pay attention to them or not, they're there, you know. So the first Saturn return is a rite of passage. And this Saturn opposition Saturn that you're going through right now is another rite of passage and you'll come up to another second Saturn return somewhere in your late fifties, you know, that's another rite of passage, you know? So Saturn uh, of all the planets of all the transiting planets is a real, um, it teaches us a lot about growing up.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is an interesting moment, right? Because I can, I can watch my mind really, really uh help really fit that into what's happening for me in these mm-hmm. in this current current moment mm-hmm. right it, it feels it feels true and if I set aside my like left brain and, and say you know that's for the moment a bit that is mm-hmm. that is saying well that's just you kind of fitting it in and I and I allow myself to use it like it's a story that I'm you know that I am that I that I actually do need to, you know, to, I don't, I don't know if I need, but on a soul level, I do on on a spiritual level. I do need a story, like a coherent story I'm living in. Like it's not just about a linear progression of such and such goals, income goals, whatever, like for me, right? So there's, there's a reality around Hmm. around developing a story that feels, feels good. And this languaging does, does help me with that. Like that you're describing this, like that this, and I feel it building into me these days. Um, this, this, this growing up. Um, it's like a shedding these, just these last couple of weeks, it's like a shedding of some internal boy in me. That's like, I don't know I don't know about this life. It's so hard. I don't know about marriage, and I don't know about this like je- this profession I'm doing. There's like this this guy I've been dragging around for like years. You know, <laughs> no, we got to do this. You know, and it's like I'm shedding that a lot now. I'm just more and more every day. It feels like inhabiting a committed like this is this is fucking what we're doing here, <laughs> and like that guy's like, okay, I guess what we're doing here um we're committed here you know um it's just really fascinating i mean to have to have the language sort of say that the or the 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 story or the um mm-hmm. the imagery all, all of it of of this of this saturn principle too yeah. to kind of confirm it and say yes you are you are going through a rite of passage right now you are being asked or are you're, you're so or you I wonder how you feel about this language and your are my soul is being invited to grow up, to shed a, a former story and, and begin then have it more clearly and fully a new story.
1: Totally. Yeah. And that, 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 you know, story I think is a really perfect word because essentially astrologers are storytellers. And so when you listen to different astrologers speak to you about this Saturn, you know, transit, you're going to hear different things because we're all telling a different story. Like the, that story is coming through my own filters, right? Like all the ways that I've understood my own life. So you want to choose an astrologer mm-hmm. whose experience you respect and whose storytelling capacities you vibe with, because if you, they're not speaking your language. They're not. It's not going to be very helpful. You know, it's not like, it's not exactly like an accountant who there's just like a set job. This is a language art, right? So you want to go to somebody who speaks your language, who is, who you understand, who you, who, whose vibe you trust, you know, because otherwise you're going to come away from it feeling like, well, that story really hurt me. You know, like there are some people who will tell you a story about all the bad stuff that, you know, Saturn can be a bugaboo, you know, and Pluto especially can be a major um, uh, crisis, you mm-hmm. know, and so you don't want to show your chart to just anybody. You mm-hmm. You only want to speak to somebody who's going to tell you a story that's going to help you, you know actually like you were saying, sort of subjectively see yourself in relationship to the rest of this cosmos or the, or the rest of life rather than just kind of transactionally like, oh well, this is what's going to happen because the honest thing about astrologic prediction, because we don't have research funds being you know going into this, is that it's more like a batting average. You know, like if if an astrologer has like a 40% batting average of getting a a prediction right, I'd say that's high. You know, predictions are really dubious things. So that's why story is a much better kind of um, place for this. Because like in the way that I spoke about it, I spoke about it as growing up. Another astrologer might say um, solidifying or consolidating or conserving energy you know in the partnership or um some might say oh it's going to be the ending of a relationship because saturn sometimes does represent endings you know saturn is a is a is a consolidating force it's like anything that's inessential is thrown out Mm
0: -hmm. it's like
1: you're you're setting boundaries yeah you're saying (laughs) okay, that part of this, of relationship, I'm not doing that anymore. I can't do that. Uh I don't have, I don't have the space or the energy. I know that my focus is about going forward in this particular way in relationship. And so I don't have the space or the energy for this other, for this stuff, you know, so I'm setting boundaries. I'm letting some relationships go. I'm, I'm requiring I'm showing up in the relationship with more presence and I'm requiring that of of all the other people in my life as well. And I'm developing some new commitments that are that are a little bit more um, purposeful, you know, purposeful in the sense I know myself better. I know where I'm heading and therefore there's purpose in in what I'm doing with other people contractually those are all sat. those are all ways of speaking about Saturn you know but you so you want to obviously you want to like be with an astrologer that has a has a a kind a kindness a compassion and isn't just there to kind of show off what they know you know which mm. in the beginning as an astrologer I think that's what you're kind of insecure you're sort of like oh I don't know if I'm going to you know, connect with this person, or if they're going to really. Hear. So, a lot of young astrologers will be very much about showing off what they know. That, yeah. That's not. That's not usually very helpful. <laughs> you know. So, right,
0: right, yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, yeah, because you, you you did it just so beautifully. I, I right, right in this specific example because it you stayed. You stayed with a particular theme, and it was the Saturn theme, and it's is. I was able to use it to have a, have a deeper intimacy with my own current process. While in the past I have, I've had maybe a couple of astrology readings in my life and um, honestly just felt inundated. Like it's just cause it gets so complex and, Mm -hmm. and the, you know, it's understandable, but the astrologer can't help but kind of have to teach different principles and, um and and it seems so much more valuable just kind of zero in on something and like your cadence of speech and your 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 um you're actually uh, avoiding too much technical languaging mm-hmm. so really it was really actually really helpful to me yeah.
1: Uh, yeah I mean I would love to see a day when astrologers are literally like storytellers in the village you know they're the ones who just kind of make commentary about what's happening astronomically you know what's going on in the heavens in a way that is completely non-technical that is about our kind of cultural collective um, self-inquiry you know like where we're able to look at ourselves through this mirror through this Language of story, in a way that's actually helpful to all of us. You know, I'd love to see that day.
0: Yeah, it it it's like we need something that is that is. Uh, hmm. It's like we need. A, there's a principle. God, Parker Palmer. You know, he's a Quaker storyteller, community builder, wonderful man. Like, describes this the principles of having. Like bringing people together and having a, a a third thing, whether that's like a poem or a story, that that's read aloud, or a perform or a performance or, or or something, right? And then then we all gather and we it's a right, it's the house of mirrors. At that point, I mean, it's a it's everyone having their own impact, that, you know, using it as this mirror for their own their own story, their own growth, you know, and self-understanding. Yeah. And uh, like it or not, we are subjective beings, deeply, yeah. deeply subjective beings, you know, and um, yeah. And it's, it, it's, it and it's so essential that we, we develop and, and deepen um, practices that help us um, help us navigate, that subjectivity you know and develop that interiority otherwise what we're just a bunch of like secular rationalistic gotta just basically survive and make sure we deal with global warming god damn it because it could kill us well why like is is there is there deep subjectivity here i mean that's there that's our that's our thing honestly mm. i mean or that's one yeah. of our, our our great things i believe is is the the music the poetry the the art um the love that we that we can create
1: so that's actually a you know in your chart you were you were mentioning that the helpful language or the language i think that you found helpful of your inner marine channeling you know that inner marine of the of saturn rising so you you know you have saturn on the ascendant which we call saturn rising um, so saturn in that position is about subjectivity. It's about you developing subjectivity, like your whole life long. For someone who has Saturn and Mars rising, like you do, that is a call to developing and growing subjective truth and experience. It's like a, it's it, Saturn wherever Saturn is in our chart is like a mandate. We kind of can't get away from it. You know, it's like, it's very important that it happen, whatever it is. Um, Whereas the seventh house or the descendant is about objectivity, the other, how we are in relationship to the other. So this is a bit of complexity, but I think I can throw this in there that you have Saturn rising natally you know this is that subjectivity is absolutely key to your experience in this life it's it's something you you know one way of saying it is it's something you came here to do but another way of saying it is saturn likes to likes when you focus on yourself saturn requires that you focus on yourself but Right now, because of this transit of Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto all in your seventh house on the descendant, in the space of objectivity, in the space of the other, there's a there's a moment in your life where you're being asked to really focus on partnership
0: and objectivity and, and objectivity, yeah, uh-huh. like really looking at the other and 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 yeah observing them as 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 not as i don't know who they are or
1: well that's part of it and i would say also just the structures like what are the structures and the commitments and the actual contracts that you've Mm. created with these partners and do they need to be revised do they need to be um you know, overhauled, you know, so we're we're seeing this collectively right now in terms of our, you know, here in the US in terms of our government, we're seeing how everything is coming under scrutiny, you know, the right. Supreme Court, the presidency, all three branches of government and, and all of the agreements that those three branches of government have in with between each other, the checks and balances. So those we can see it in the collective and maybe that's kind of helpful we're examining those checks and balances and that's what you're doing in relationship
0: which you know it's like i, I just think in the moment just as a closing thought here that mm-hmm. it's that it's really i mean honestly like there's no risk like <laughs> that's a good practice to do periodically <laughs> right right it's not like you're like well, I don't believe in this freaking nonsense of Saturn. It's like, well, okay. So you don't whatever. But like, wouldn't it be great to just really earnestly and sincerely ask yourself if there's any agreements and structures that need some serious revision? <laughs> right. I mean, right. right. But to yeah. have a little help around like, y- yes, like that, 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 every, that this is up and that, you know, and you could say, wow, yeah, every, yeah, this is up. And I'm not, I'm, I'm 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 feel maybe I'm feeling compelled by a reason that's that's uh that's deeper or mm. you know more cosmic mm-hmm. <laughs> to get or give a little bit more support or a little bit more juice to this and a meaning um ritual to this to this uh process that you're describing of of, of looking really clearly and soberly at at your relational structures and agreements.
1: Right. And just as a closing thought on this end is the idea that it's not just a cosmic thing, but a cyclic thing. You know, so we're, we, do, we, we all have agreements about the calendar year that we all follow. We follow these agreements about time. You know, like, oh, today's Monday and it's 9 a.m. And I have an appointment with so-and-so. We, those are agreements that we've created. Based on it's this light outside because the sun has come up, you know, three hours ago and it's time now to do this. So we've created agreements about time. They, there are these long term agreements about time that we've kind of forgotten. Like, oh, at 30 years old, when Saturn comes around to that same place in the solar system, I better be looking at, you know, am I providing for my family. You know, so those are so those cyclic agreements I would say is something astrology can really uh help us with.
0: Beautiful. Well to be continued, this is really fun. Cool. (laughs) Thanks,
1: Ryan.
0: All right. Thank you. Well I hope you enjoyed that. I did. I I just love talking to Marga. She's such a such a heartful and intelligent woman who listens so deeply and just has, you know, when I was looking at her eyes and during the interview, I just, I just so enjoy her spark, you know, it's like, this is such a sweet blend of, of, of heartfulness and uh, pretty razor sharp intelligence, uh, really unique in that way. Uh, I feel really grateful to her for coming on the show and, uh, would love to hear your comments and, um, the impacts that this might have had on you so that I can integrate that into the future because I'd love to have her back on. And please, as always, uh bring your comments and ideas and uh thoughts to the Facebook page, Ryan Ginn Coaching. And till next time, be well.